And I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe. And this is Season 4, Episode 24 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. It's slated to come out on December 27th, 2021. It is our New Year's episode. I'd have some like horns here, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's also the final episode of Season 4. So it's been a good run, some good topics for today, and, um, you know, uh, some good uh, some good stuff to talk about. Since it's a New Year's episode, we're doing three alcohols this time. Our main alcohol is the uh, Cinnamon Dolce Nitro Stout from uh, Firestone Brewery in, uh, is it in Colorado? Firestone Walker, Walker Brewer, Brewing Company, and I don't know where they are. Um, I believe... It is 6% ABV. It is a cinnamon and vanilla spice nitro stout. And for some reason, it's California. Yeah, it's a California beer. Okay. So um, you had your sip. What do you think? Yeah, it's really good. I was very impressed with this. I mean, it is mellow and creamy and got these dark, like, chocolatey caramel flavors to it. Some spice and vanilla. I mean, it's top notch this is really good of the three that i bought for the podcast the last this last round of buying beers for mm. the podcast this has been my favorite and i got it in like i got it like a six pack it's you know a really good christmas beer too i think yeah i might have to um, take a picture of that one i might yeah. need to buy some of that for home yeah I, I thought you might like it that was why i was saving it for last mm-hmm. kind of saving the best for last and even though it's like a new year's beer it's also uh you know a christmas beer sort of mm-hmm. deal so uh, it's, it's not too alcoholic. It's a good sipping beer, but it's also like something that's nice and you can just kind of sit back and chill with. Um, yeah, I like it. But that said, <clears throat> we, uh, we made some other stuff. And uh, for the last episode, we wanted to talk about some of those brews that we had made over the um, like last year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... You didn't help me make the spicy uh, ginger mead, but I kind of made it with you in mind, but not with kindness in mind. <laughs> it was more, it was more like I remember how much fun we had doing the um, spicy beer that we mm. did, the jalapeno beer. So I was like, what if we made a cayenne pepper ginger mead and just saw how that kind of like worked out? So this ginger mead is 9.5% ABV. Um, I do believe that it went completely dry. I'll just double check that real quick. Uh, I had it. There it is. It was made with Lawton 71B yeast. Uh, it went down to um, one. So it's it went dry. It didn't mm-hmm. go completely dry. It still has a little bit of sugar in it. Um, but uh, it's the ginger mead, um, you know, recipe. But... I took some uh, a, a cayenne pepper, split it open, put it in some in, in like um, the the wrap, took all the seeds out and everything. Mm-hmm. But then I put I infused some uh, vodka with the uh, seeds mm-hmm. of this, and at the end I kind of dumped the vodka. In. I mean, it was just like a thimble yeah, yeah. full of vodka, but. Um, so it's got the spice from the seeds. It's got the spice from the ginger. It's a little hot. Uh, I know that. I haven't had it in the last week, but I, when I bottled it, I tried it. So yeah, but what it's, do you think? it's like a good hot. I mean, it it's doesn't overpower the ginger. Like the spiciness from the cayenne never takes away from the ginger flavor. It just makes it stick on your tongue a lot longer. Mm-hmm. 
It gives you like a little extra kick. Right? Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. It also adds like a, there's like a flavor from the cayenne because I smoked yeah. the cayenne pepper or I, I dried it before I used it. And it was cayenne pepper from our garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of want to try this with Thai chili because Thai chili has a unique flavor. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think this would be a really fun um, mead to make like a really large batch of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, this would be really good, like, large batch carbonated in something like a keg, and, like, you're having to cook out, or you're having some friends over. It would be so dangerous in a keg, though, because you don't think it's 9.5% because it's so sippable. Yeah. I mean, especially, yeah, after you carbonate it and all that. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of spirit of the season. Like, you go out to a barbecue, it would fit really <laughs> well with it. I, I agree. I, I kind of want to make some fish or some chicken with braised in this and just see like what that would do because mm-hmm. it well I, I i did modify this instead of just using plain water i used um pineapple juice okay so that's why you get that little bit of extra citrus some in extra there. enzyme in there yeah yeah uh, I, I mean i think it it came out amazing mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I've been very happy with this and it's so clear like it's not hazy at all. Mm-hmm. You can just see stuff through it. Right? Yeah. It's got a really good smell to it. You can smell it until it's hot. Yeah. It's not as hot as it smells, but it's still, it's, it's a good flavor. I, I'm a little on the fence about fish, but I could definitely see chicken, especially some like skinless chicken. You get like some chicken breasts or something like that. You're going to do like a, either some sort of citrus or Latin dish with it. Yeah, absolutely. Let it marinate in that for a little while. So I'm thinking about something more like a, um, uh, uh, what, what is the name of that dish? Where you... You, you take, like, a citrus thing, and you put, uh, like, um, fish parts, like mussels and... Oh, you're talking about, like, ceviche? Ceviche. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Something okay. that's, like, ceviche, like, making something like that. Yeah. You'd... I could see that being really mm-hmm. good. You'd have to add a lot more, like, lemon or something into it. But, yeah, I could see this being, like, on top of that. Yeah, just adding it to the yeah, mix. Or, yeah, or letting it marinate in that before you put it in the acid that's going to cook it. Ex- exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. You marinate it in this, and then either – so or, like, if you did, like, a catfish and, um, like, marinated the catfish in this yeah. and then took and, and fried your catfish. Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. as we were talking about, I was wondering, like, you could use this instead of water in, like, a, um, a batter fish yeah exactly so i mean something like that i could just see that being like it gives it just enough punch mm-hmm. without being like heartburn terrible and cayenne normally gives me such bad heartburn yeah i mean you're right in that it's it's the same level of heat you want in a dish that's just like a little bit spicy right exactly yeah i mean it it is essentially like i wouldn't call it like mild chili but like that kind of medium chili where it's like, oh, I want something with some spice, but I don't want it to be, like, super spicy. It's that level of heat. Yep. So I'm going to wait to talk about the pumpkin mead, but that is coming up until after we talk about our next topic. Okay. That's all right with you. Uh, mostly because I want to kind of clear out some of the flavor of that mm-hmm. last thing. Yeah. 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 So uh, aside from it being the last episode of the season, I, uh, I threw in something that I actually is not a joke science article. Um it's talking about the next kind of like evolution of storage. And, and we saw this in the like 80s and 70s with hard drives, right? Mm-hmm. Hard drives came out as like a one megabyte hard drive, you know, and it's super slow and you can only move kilobytes to it per second mm-hmm. on a very slow serial bus. Um, but that 
technology iterated so fast. Yeah. Like super fast. Well, recently, the developers of light storage, like crystal light storage and, mm -hmm. and laser light storage, have been able to successfully store like something on a crystal plat platter, mm -hmm. you know, essentially, uh, with light. And that's huge. I mean, that's like, you know, CD technology to the next level, Yeah. right? Uh, th there's also a thing with like magnetic storage that did a similar thing, but it couldn't achieve the density of storage that light storage could. Mm. So we're talking about like 50 petabytes on like a disc that would fit inside of my Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Insane storage opportunities. It's not an episode if one of us doesn't bump <laughs> the mic. I'm always the one bumping the mic. Well, no, that's not true. You do it sometimes. That's true. Occasionally. But but, but uh, um, the, 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 the thing about it to me that like really struck a home to me is like a year ago, I think we talked about this, or maybe two years ago we talked about this, and the storage capacity was a little bit lower, but the speeds were so much slower. Like, I mean, it would, it would take like a million years, you know, to fill up the capacity or something like that, or maybe 14 million years or something like that. Something that would be like a ridiculous amount. The earth would be yeah. gone by then is, is what they predicted. Um, but now maybe within the lifetime of the earth, you could like actually fill up petabytes of storage mm -hmm. of data. Uh, I think it was like 50 petabytes or something like that in the article. It's insane, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can finally hold all of your Steam games mm. on your <laughs> which is kind of the way that they Yeah, they I was like. going to say, as soon as, you, as soon as you get the petabytes, you start getting the terabyte video games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we're already getting like half a terabyte video games now. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I watch my wife who watches this, uh, I think it's Switch Up, a YouTube channel. And one of the things he rates games on is how big they are. So, you know, you could just see me like, yeah, and this one's 120 gigs. I'm like, wow, 120 gigs for that? That's a crazy. Look, yeah, it doesn't look like it should be 120 gigs. And then, like, oh, updates come out because the way they're packaged, well, it's an 80 gigabyte update. Yeah. You know, it'll happen. Well, as soon as it's available enough, we'll start seeing those terabyte video games. But you, you know, it's because the optimization is yep, poor. Optimization is low. And they're, they're using these high res digital files mm -hmm. to be able to to push down to these these devices if there's ever a call for like streaming for a video game which i'm not in favor of necessarily high res files that's one of them i mean talking oh, yeah. about texture maps and stuff like that yeah you're talking about they, they've got like the piece of trash that's on the ground is like 8k for some yeah. reason uh, you know, I love um, looking at these, uh, all these indie games that come out. And they do some for, like, professional games that do modding. But it's like, oh, here's the performance enhancer. You know, get 30 more frames per second by using this texture pack. And you get in there, and it looks identical. You can't tell a difference. They just optimized it. Yeah, they just optimized it. They're like, hey, why does this, why does this rock that's about an inch on screen need to be 8K? I don't think it needs to be 8K. Let's make that, you know, 2K. Yeah. And it was just still a great resolution for something you're never going to stare at. And well, you just, like, really never notice. I, I mean, even with lossless 
you know, compression, the fact that you have something on there that is just compressed. Oh yeah. Instead of uncompressed. Oh yeah. That's a that's a fun one I see for indie games. People will like repack them. It's like oh the original game was two gigs and the new compressed download is like 150 megs. Yeah. Because they finally like figured out how to optimize. Mm. And I mean I think that that is if we're going into the development route, just mm. like you know, I, I I hesitate to call myself a developer. Um, I'm I am a guy who knows a little bit about development. I have some certifications. I'm a network engineer. You're a developer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, well, I'm an architect. I'm not really just a network engineer, but I'm, I'm like my background is in network yeah. engineering, right? And and building computers and things like that. But as a person who knows enough about this to kind of understand how these things go, that is one of the prices that we pay for this like agile, continual integration kind of thing. Is that what you get at the beginning is just the unfiltered garbage that exists and then it gets refined as it goes along. But oftentimes what I see happening is it gets refined until about the middle of its life cycle and then it just gets dropped. Yeah. And they never finish the refinement so that it's a continue, a continued finished product that is just the best that it could be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. And there's, it really depends on the application. And I think that's the thing with agile that while for big software, it is incredibly helpful because you generally have millions of customers. And you know, not every one of those millions of customers is gonna make your feature request. In fact, I think probably less than one in 100 makes a feature request. Right. But if you've got a million users, and it's even just you know one in 100, that's still thousands of feature requests for you to go through. And you've always got these people coming in with ideas of what they want the software to be. If you're a smaller studio or some IT shop or something like that, even if you're and a you, bigger studio, you generally don't have the resources that you would think that a bigger studio would have. Oh, yeah. But I guess what I was getting at is the whole point of Agile is you get to that MVP, and then you let feature requests come in. But if you don't have a large enough audience, those feature requests don't come in. Right. So there there becomes that conflict of, like, oh, I, I know as the developer, yeah. we should have this feature. And maybe that's not a minimum viable product feature, but nobody's going to request it if I don't request it because I don't have enough people using this tool. Even though I know it would help them, you know, if uh, you know if my tool has a hundred users, maybe I only ever get one feature request. You know, it almost feels like there should be a water jewel or a agile fall mm-hmm. or something like that that exists because while water falls a little bit too slow to do this like really fast turnaround like kind of stuff, and you really kind of have to do that to stay competitive, you also need something that has quality in mind. Yeah. And um, if you aren't willing to make something that's of quality for your customer, even if you know that they're not necessarily asking for like the most quality out mm-hmm. of this thing, that's probably a problem for people that are your customer's customer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I going back to the 5D storage, though, I'm kind of kind of excited. Yeah, about it. it's interesting stuff. Yeah, we went off on a tangent about programming, just in oh, case okay. anybody didn't notice <laughs> the fun stuff that we do, even when we're not on the podcast. <laughs> we kind of have these conversations mm. all the time. Sometimes I'll like, I'll call Ricky up and say, "Hey, um, you know, I was being grumpy today, and um, I need to I need to talk to you about this." And we'll get on a phone call, and then he'll say, "Oh yeah, you know, have all this like great calming advice, which is what Ricky does really well." But in the end. 
the conclusion ultimately is, you know, this has something to do with process yeah. <laughs> or this has something to do with some sort of nerdy thing that we really care about and other people just don't give a junk about. Right. <laughs> so we have these conversations, um, which makes me laugh a little bit. I don't know if it, I don't know if it brings humor to you, but it's for some it does. reason. I mean, it's, it, it opens your eyes doing that stuff long enough that you realize that most of the problems you're going to face in life are, are not really a problem with, like expectations or what gets delivered or what actually happens. It's that journey. It's the process. You know, even if you do something that's ultimately amazing, if you've got a bad process for it, you're going to hate doing it. Yeah. Same thing that like, if you've got a bad process, it's going to be hard to get that result. That's actually good. So, you know, always look at trying to optimize those things. (laughs) Very true. So I'm going to move on to the pumpkin mead and the pumpkin mead. I got a toast for you, man. Mm -hmm. So we have been doing this. For after this episode airs, six years. Wow. It doesn't feel like six years. Six years, man. Can you imagine that? And uh, the reason it's episode four going into episode five instead of, or season four going into Mm. season five instead of season six going into season seven, or season five going into season six. Man, I got that all wrong. Let me try that again. The reason it's season four going into season five instead of season five going into season six is because our first season was two years long. Yeah, our first season was a ton of episodes. I remember yeah. how many. Well, we did one a week. Instead of doing yeah. like a season and then taking a break and then doing like half a season. Yeah, we did like know, almost 100 episodes. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a crazy amount. And, you know, for everybody that listens to us, we just really appreciate it. And, you know, I just want to give you a toast, man, yeah, for man. sticking through with it and like – this has been good, and I think this might be one of the best brews that we've done together. So I wanted to end on this uh, and kind of look back at like what we've done and where we're hoping to go. So um, yeah. give us some tasting notes, man. This is not bad at all. It's a little young still, which I mean, obviously, yeah, we just kind of pulled it out. But we just bottled it, this today. It almost tastes like a sweet potato slash pumpkin pie. Like it's got that fleshy kind of like melony vegetal flavor to it that sweetness from the honey you know a little bit of spice to it and someone who has just got done eating like three different pumpkin pies um it's pretty good yeah it it lands right there this is what it from a standpoint of someone who loves pumpkin pie Mm -hmm. and loves butternut squash and loves like squash and things like that like I grew up, like my grandfather would, you know, like make squash, mm-hmm. not eat squash, you know. Um, and just that flavor reminds me so much of my childhood. And then the pumpkin pies, you know, just having mm-hmm. the that delicious cinnamony flavor. And I've never seen you knock back a drink like that. <laughs> it's that yeah, good. It's pretty good. He, he, he had two ounces, roughly, and he just killed it. Now, this is like a... 13 and a half percent ABV. So the fact that you can just kill it like that. Yeah. Also it's means very sippable. It's so smooth and sippable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love this stuff. If, if anyone is like, I want to get into making a mead and I want to make something that's a little bit more complex than just a traditional mead. This is the one to make right yeah. here. Yeah. yeah nothing, 
Nothing else. That's really good. And you put like a little bit of like a horchata or a Irish whiskey with that to get that creaminess in there. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that is a pumpkin pie right there. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, I was actually thinking of, uh, did a thing where you made like a milk punch mm-hmm. out of something like this where basically you take something that's a little bit more acidic, you put some milk into it, and then you strain it through yeah. a, uh, a thing to get all the curds out, and it comes out clear. That would be really yeah, good. Be very good. So it makes like kind of a liqueur out of this like fourteen percent ABV mm-hmm. kind of deal. I'm thinking about making one of those like when we start up the next season. Yeah, <laughs> just I can like see introducing that. it. This is the after Christmas episode. <laughs> uh, but for you know where we've been, and I realize that we don't have like everybody you know in the world that listens to us. But we went from like a channel that had like three or four people that subscribed. And we, you know, we've got some people out there that are patrons and we really appreciate you guys. Uh, you are, we were running off USB mics before on like mm-hmm. a software mixer. And now we have like a real mixer with some real XLR mics that sound pretty good. And that's why we're always bumping them is because mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have some of the equipment before. So we're not like kind of used to it. Um, but you know, everything sounds so much better now. Uh, we still haven't like perfectly perfected the volume of the, of the mixer yet, but you know, like things have grown here. Um, and maybe not as fast as other podcasts, but this is for a hobby and for fun. Yeah. And so I'm really proud of how, how far we've gotten in five years. If we make it another like five, five and a half years, that's going to be pretty cool. Like where we are, yeah, like, I, think, I think in that time and so, you know, looking back over the over the seasons, I think some of my favorite episodes, because every now and then, you know, like I kind of like think about this stuff. The one where I drank the uh, Hoppamus Maximus uh, Laguntus uh, beer, and, and I kept drinking it. And you said, why are you still mm-hmm. drinking that? And I'm like, because I want to punish myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one where we had Thomas on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was, a, that was a lot of fun. The uh, first time we had uh, some of Dave's beer when he sent us the Deschutes oh, yeah, yeah. Abyss, that was really good. So, you know, like good times over over the last and, and the old apartment, like mm-hmm. sitting around in the the chairs, like where we had like the one single mic between us, and then we were sharing two mics. That was kind of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember battling the AC. Yeah, <laughs> time they would turn on, we have to wait a little bit. Yeah, that was all because it was so loud. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even in here, you kind of hear it, and I've got a fan going and everything, but you don't really hear it up yeah. here, right? So. It's not the predominant noise in the room. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's it's been a journey. So, like, what are some of your favorite moments uh, from oh, doing broadband? I really liked a lot of the. Uh, the brewing episodes in the, in like season one, that was a lot of fun where we would like make something like on, I mean, not camera, but like on vi- whatever you call it. On, on voice. voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, those were really fun. I enjoyed a lot of the, uh, what was it? We talked to um, a lot of those like free form episodes. Like I've told you, have always kind of yeah. been my favorite, but we just kind of see where the conversation takes us. Those were always like really fun. I don't know how they, those were to listen to, but in terms <laughs> of them, the people doing the conversation, those were always a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I think those the, the those are my favorite episodes to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked the the ones we did this season where it was like the comparisons, like the wine and the headsets and stuff like that. That was kind of fun to have that little interactive thing to do. 
you know, see where do we land. I loved that as, as much as we listened to these headsets, uh, neither you or me could get a single one of them right <laughs> when we put them behind that uh, that amp. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the CD, CD players? players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so not not the headsets, but the CD players behind yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh the fiber or, or not the fiber the uh the it wasn't an amp it was just the the uh line out just the line out just gotcha. the line out yeah just doing that through a line out over a rca cable not even a fiber optic cable not a toslink but a line out over like our like your standard just mm-hmm. copper cable that you do yeah that, that was a lot of fun i the the things that always amaze me are i spend a lot of time like investing in learning about this stuff Mm -hmm. and i can tell you so much about the oils and everything like that but if you stick two wines in front of me that i have to pick which one's which Mm -hmm. i can tell you which one i like more i can tell you about the flavor profile and everything but i can't i have no idea which one's which even ones that i drink all the time i have no idea which one's which so that either means that i'm not really educating myself or um, I need to go to Somnier School. <laughs> I think it's the difference between education and application, right? Like it's true. I I watch a lot of people and I learn a lot about building things. Like I'm really big into these like survival technology things. But you put me in the woods. I I know how to make a stone axe. I've seen people do it. I know the process behind it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna <laughs> successfully be able to to craft it because I've not got no experience like actually like hands on. And I think that's the thing with like the wine. It's like okay, yeah, I've I know a lot about alcohol. I know what flavor profiles to think about. But now that it's like on my tongue and I'm like trying to differentiate them, those changes are so minor. It's hard to pick up. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think though that. We have some good topics for the next season now that we're talking about our look back because we could do some more freeform episodes and mm. we didn't do any this season. I think just because I, oh, wow, that was loud. Uh, just because I uh, kind of planned um, some things. Windows was being Windows. I'm really mm. weird for a moment there. But I kind of planned some things out because I wanted to do the CD player content. But I also think we might have a chance to do a Zoom off. Zune versus Apple, the ultimate MP3 player. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'll get like a Fio or a Sony uh, MK MP3 player, and we can compare like the three different types and see if one of us can pick one out over over like a RCA switcher. Because I don't think we would have optical line out on those. Of course, if people really like the CD player content, I could also get some uh, like more. I don't want to say legendary because I don't. I don't think I have the thousands of dollars to mm-hmm. get the legendary ones, but um, I could get some more like really cool CD players. And also, I have plans. You see over there, I've got the stack setting up. Mm-hmm. I have plans to like build that out so that there's like a table there. Okay. And like you know, so maybe I'll have a listening station for one of us to like sit there and control the other so that you can't even see the person that's controlling it. They're just kind of oh, behind yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so that like, there's, there's some, uh, there's some options for us to do some fun stuff. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think season five 
really season six, but season five mm-hmm. of uh, Beer and Broadband is going to have some fun brews because I am definitely making this pumpkin meat again. I don't yeah, know about absolutely. you, it's but great. dude, I'm going to figure out a way to add some lactic acid to this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a pumpkin pie mead. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, in all honesty, that might just be all it takes is get a little lactic acid in there. Yeah, to add that creaminess. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that that just be so good. And then we can compare like the two meads together. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of want to like make it like tomorrow. Yeah, they'll then, age around the same time. Yeah, yeah so the, yeah. they'll age within a month of each other or two months of each other. And, ooh, that could be a thing we do during the break. Yeah, Make another fun. Viking blood clone and another one of these. Mm-hmm. See it. And a coffee mill and a spicy ginger. And, and everything. <laughs> and everything. And everything. Um, yeah, so, like, I I kind of really want to uh, want to do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what's going to come up next. Uh, and barring some sort of crazy pandemic doesn't stop us from being able to do it in person again. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we'll be able to continue doing this in person. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next five years. It's, it's been a fun journey, man. I, like, I couldn't imagine doing this with anybody else and it'd be, like, as much fun. Most people just don't have, like, the insight that you do. Yeah, well, it's, it's been really enjoyable always around. Yeah. You know, good company, good drinks. It's hard for that to go wrong. That's true. Maybe next time we'll talk about some more D&D stuff because uh, we've got a campaign that we're going through that yeah. could end up being like a thing. But speaking of that, we're kind of late, so we should go. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this has been Season 4, Episode 24. Happy New Year uh, of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, it's for December 27th, 2021, but that's right before New Year's. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're listening to it on New Year's at midnight as the ball drops. <laughs> I really don't expect that. Sync up the video. Sync up the audio. Yeah. There will be no, there's nothing that comes after this that would be like good, but this is our final episode of season four. We'll be back sometimes in the spring, um, sometime in the spring with some more brews, some more tech talk and some more just weird nerd stuff, you know, for you to listen to. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for supporting us and we'll catch you next year.